want to read Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is the word of God for us this morning. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. That's God's word for us this morning. Let's go to him and ask for his blessing upon it. Jesus, thank you for this word. Thank you for this morning and all that it symbolizes. As we come to your word, Lord, I pray that you can open the eyes of our heart. God, open our eyes that we can behold wondrous things out of your word. Holy Spirit, just as you revealed it to Simeon, God, I pray that you can reveal it afresh to us this morning, that we can see Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, becoming a baby, and that, God, we can, we can just wonder at it this morning, that we can marvel at it. Will you give us the grace to do that? In your name, Jesus, amen. amen. In November... 2021, me and Chelsea saw the Grand Canyon for the first time. Raise your hand if you've seen the Grand Canyon. Well, that is a pretty good amount of people. I'm surprised. Uh, I absolutely loved it. It was, you know, an awesome trip. We saw it. But what happened at the Grand Canyon was, you know, we talked about the ministry of separation last night. There was a ministry of separation between me and Chelsea. It showed a key personality difference. Okay, I, when I go to things like the Grand Canyon, like to marvel. Okay, I like to, to stare and wonder, while Chelsea likes to move on. Okay, there's the two differences. In every couple, maybe you have a marveler and a mover on her. Now, that's not anything bad about what Chelsea likes to do. She sees it, and she's ready for the next thing. That, that's perfectly logical. All right, I saw this view. Let's go to the next one. Now, me, I'm a little different, where I just want to, like, sit down, find me a comfortable spot on the rock, and just gaze and marvel and wonder and stare at it. And that's what I want you I wanted to invite you this morning to be a little more like me. I normally don't do that. Normally it's the opposite. But this morning, I want to invite you to marvel. Yeah, I know you've already, you know everything in this story. You've seen it before. You've heard it before. But I, I want to discourage you from moving on past it and just take a short time. This isn't the longest sermon I've ever preached. Just to marvel at the goodness of this story. To marvel 
means to be filled with wonder or astonishment. To take it all in and stand in awe of what we're talking about. And I want to invite you this Christmas morning to marvel with me about the mind-blowing, breathtaking, unbelievably wonderful news that's found in this passage about Jesus Christ, the Lord. I have two points in this passage. To marvel at the news and marvel at the names. <laughs> She's getting kicked out. <laughs> That's really not for you guys. It's more for me. She'll be back. Okay, marvel at the news and marvel at the names. Number one is marvel at the news found in verses 18 through 20, which says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to point out here is that it's obvious in the way that Matthew is writing this narrative that he's not constructing a mythology. Do you see that? He says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. He is clearly reporting an actual historical event. And that's what makes this story so worth marveling at, is that it actually happened. What happened? When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, Mary and Joseph were betrothed. You probably know this, but I want to just talk about it. This is similar to how we get engaged, but much more serious. right? Because an engagement, you can say we're engaged, and then you can kind of break it off, and nothing really happens, except for some emotional damage, of course. But being betrothed is like a legal bonding document. It happened a year before you got married, and to, to break it off was the equivalent of getting a legal divorce. Okay, so this was a serious bonding deal. But the one important thing you need to know about a betrothal is that there's no sex involved during that period. Okay, that's very important to know because what happens in this story, and notice Matthew's clear about that. He says, before they came together. Okay, so Joseph and Mary were doing things according to the will of God, not having sex outside of marriage. So Mary was a virgin at this time. But here's what to marvel at. At Christmas, a virgin became pregnant. That's what it says here. It says, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Perhaps for some of you in here, that may be hard to believe. But the Bible, you have to face it, teaches the virgin birth as a true, actual, historical event. I want to be clear that I'm not claiming that the virgin birth is easy to believe. Sometimes if you run into skeptics of the Christmas story, you might hear something like, well, you know that virgins actually can't give birth to a baby. Like that's an argument, right? Or something like that. Uh, we're not claiming that virgin births are commonplace, <laughs> okay? That's not the point here. We're not claiming that it's not surprising. The Christian view is not claiming that it's normal to have a virgin birth. That's actually the whole point of this story, is that it is hard to believe. Yes, it's hard to believe, but it's true. And it must be believed if we're going to believe God's Word. I just want to point out that theologically... 
this causes me no problems whatsoever. Okay, the Bible teaches us that God created the universe out of nothing. That God split the Red Sea, that God raised Jesus from the dead. It may be difficult for you to believe in a virgin birth, but I don't believe it's difficult at all for God to produce a virgin birth. That's, that's not difficult for me at all. But it is something to marvel at. Okay, so I don't want to just sit here and make theological arguments. The Bible says it's true. That's enough for me. But I, for, for the, the Christians in the room, I just want us to think, God actually did this. Something that doesn't happen. It's a miracle that God interceded, intervened in human history and did something that doesn't happen every day. So wonderful, so amazing, so worth marveling at that we're talking about it 2,000 years later. A virgin became pregnant while she was betrothed. Now we see in verses 19 through 20 that when Joseph hears this news, it doesn't really see, seem like something to marvel at at the beginning, right? I mean, you're betrothed, you know what you haven't done, and then all of a sudden your fiancé is pregnant. This is news. I don't know if it's good news at this point in time for Joseph. And he reacts in an understandable way and he seeks to quietly get a divorce. Notice that the Bible notes that Joseph is a just man and is unwilling to put her to shame. He's a really righteous man in this instance and he just wants to get a quiet divorce. He, he could have got her stoned to death for adultery but he refrains from that. He didn't want to make a big show about it. He just wanted to be done with the situation. But God intervenes yet again. And an angel in verse 20 appears to Joseph in a dream. Yes, another thing to marvel at. I mean, this story is anything but normal and boring. Okay, I know you've heard this story a lot, but we're talking about a virgin birth, angels appearing in dreams. Like, this is some crazy stuff. And let's just marvel at this angel appears... And announces some things to him. Says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So the angel affirms the virgin birth and encourages Joseph to continue with the marriage. Now this angel from the Lord is giving the command of the Lord to Joseph. And we see that Joseph is a really good example to us in verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. So we see Joseph um, was kind to Mary, but most importantly, he was obedient to the Lord's command. Even if it was going to cost him, even if it was possibly shameful in his culture, he still did what the angel said to do. Now, let's examine further what the angel says and marvel at the names. The angel predicts that she will bear a son... Okay, so there's the gender reveal in verse 21. It's better than any of ours today. I mean, this was an angel that did this. That's pretty cool. Um, and so the angel predicts what's about to happen to Joseph. A son's going to be born, and the angel gives the son in this passage two names. And I want to marvel at these two names together. Jesus and Emmanuel. The way names worked in this culture was a little bit different. You know, we sometimes just name things people 
babies just because it sounds good. But these two names aren't just because they, the angel didn't just like the sounds Jesus and Emmanuel. But these two names are loaded with meaning that we see in the text. And I really think they'll help us marvel at Christmas together if we just stop and think about these two names, Jesus and Emmanuel. The first one is Jesus. Look at verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For, because, he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Yahweh saves. It means God saves. And Jesus' name clearly articulates the reason why Jesus came into the world to bring about God's salvation. That's why Jesus came. That's why he was born. Now, we've talked about this before, but salvation means to be delivered from grave danger. I was trying to think of a good illustration from Christmas movies, and I was like, is there, a, is there a good Christmas movie where, like, Christmas gets saved? And my friend said, yeah, that's like every Christmas movie there is. Okay, so I just want you to think about whatever your favorite Christmas movie is where, you know, Christmas is in danger of being ruined, but then at just the right time, Christmas is saved, and everything's right and well in the world. I think about, you know, Elf and the, the sleigh's down and they start singing in the park because the best way to bring Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear or something like that. And then the spirit meter goes up and Santa flies off or, you know, Charlie Brown's Christmas tree isn't as ugly anymore and everything's great. Christmas is saved. In a more profound way than that, look what the angel says. You shall call his name Jesus, God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. Here is the salvation that Jesus was born to bring about. Jesus was born of a virgin to save his people from their sins. So I want to ask you this morning, what do you feel like you need saving from? It may be meaninglessness, loneliness, bad habits, low self-esteem. These are all real problems. I don't want to belittle them, and Jesus can fix them all. He can solve them all. But I want to tell you this Christmas morning that those are not your biggest problem. Jesus came to save you from your sins. That is your biggest problem that Jesus came to solve. You have a sin problem. To sin means to break God's law in thought, word, or deed. We've done all of them. The Bible clearly states in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You've done that. You've sinned and you deserve death you deserve eternity in hell but the good news of christmas is found in verse 21 you shall call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins jesus does this by being born of a virgin and then living a perfectly righteous life the perfect righteous life that you were supposed to live but you couldn't but then he went and died on the cross for the sins that you've committed he was buried in a borrowed tomb and then he resurrected from the dead three days later 
Now, the interesting thing about Christmas is every other historical birth we celebrate, whether it's, you know, it's George Washington or I can't think of anybody else at the moment, but you get my point. Every other historical birth we think about, the person we're celebrating is dead. George Washington was born 500 years ago today. And we, you know, we get a Monday off or something. He's dead. But the difference here is that we are celebrating the birth of someone that happened 2,000 years ago. And that man is still alive today. Jesus is alive. So we are worshiping a risen, living Savior at this moment. So if you repent of your sins, even this Christmas morning, and trust in Christ completely to save you, this living person, Jesus Christ, He completely forgives you of your sins. Every single one of them, past, present, and future, declares you to be perfectly righteous and promises you eternal life with Him forever. This is what Jesus does. This is the salvation that Jesus offers this Christmas. And that's your biggest need. You need to be saved from your sins. If you've never done that before, I invite you this morning to repent, to turn from your sinful life and trust in this person, Jesus. Cling to Him. Cast yourself upon Him. Put your faith in Him. But if you've already done that, if you are in Christ this morning, I want to invite you to marvel at your wonderful salvation. That this morning... You may be stressed, you may have plans, you may need to get to a lunch. You know, things last night might not have gone your way. Christmas might not feel the same this year, I don't know. But I want you to marvel at the fact that your biggest problem has been completely solved through Jesus Christ. That is really good news. It, it's kind of like the feeling of having a big test. This happened to me a lot that you knew that you were going to fail, okay? You had this big test that you knew that you were going to fail. And then the night before, the snow starts falling, and it falls, and it falls, and it falls. And then you wake up, and if you're older, you know, you'd watch that little ticker at the bottom of the screen, and, you, and I would see Alcoa City Schools. Two hours, no, closed. <laughs> and you would just feel this utter relief. I've been saved from grave danger. My big, and then it, the gospel is even better than just a delayed test. You get an email that says, you know what, because I'm in the Christmas spirit, I'm giving everybody an A. That's what happens at Christmas. Your biggest problem has been solved, and not only is it just taken away, but you've been completely provided for. That's what happens at the gospel. Jesus is our Savior, and he has saved us from our sins. I just want to invite you to marvel at that. Don't take that for granted. Don't just... Go other places during this Christmas season, but dwell on that fact that Jesus means God saves, and he has. One more name. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The other name of Jesus in this passage comes from a prophecy about Jesus given hundreds of years before his birth, which I believe is more proof that this is historical fact. Matthew quotes from Isaiah 7, which states that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. 
Notice that Jesus fulfills prophecy in verse 22. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Jesus doesn't dismantle or deconstruct the Old Testament. He doesn't replace the Old Testament. He doesn't make the Old Testament irrelevant. But Jesus fulfills the Old Testament with the name Emmanuel. And Matthew immediately gives the meaning of this name, which means God with us. I want to invite you to marvel at this beautiful truth on Christmas morning that God became a baby. God came to dwell with us, to live with us, to walk among us, to suffer like us, to go through what we go through. I think of John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This, Emmanuel, God with us, is not just a historical fact for us to treasure. I don't want you to say how cool that God was once here. That's not exactly the point. But since God came to dwell among us to save us from our sins, we get to dwell with God. Because God came to dwell with us, we get to dwell with Him. Since God came to live with us, He made a way so that we could live with God. Because of the beautiful name of Emmanuel, because of the beautiful gift of Christmas, Revelation 21, 1-5 is our future which says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is our future because of Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel. And this is something to marvel at this morning. Jesus has solved your biggest problem and he has secured your future by coming down as a baby, living a perfect life, dying a death in your place on the cross and rising again and he's living today. So in conclusion, two things. If you don't know Jesus this morning, if you are skeptical, if you just don't care, if you're here completely apathetic, Christmas is an invitation to you that Emmanuel 
has come and he has come as our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this living Savior is able to save you this morning of your biggest problem, your sin before a holy God, if you will turn from your sin and place your faith in Him. Cast yourself upon Him this morning. But if you are a Christian, if you know Jesus, if He's your Lord, if He's your God, if He's your reason for living, will you marvel at this with me? That God became a man. That the Creator became creation. That Jesus, the eternal Son of God, was born of a virgin. That Jesus has saved us from our sins by dying on the cross and was raised from the dead and He declared, it is finished which means our salvation is completely secure. Our identity in Christ is completely secure. Our eternity with Him is completely secure. Our love from God is completely secure. Our seat at the table of the family of God is completely secure, all because of Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel. Christmas is the news that your biggest problem has been solved. God Himself has come into the world to save us from our sins. Don't move past that. Don't move on, but marvel at that. And let's sing joy to the world from the bottom of our hearts this Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. God, I pray that you can open up our eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray that you can do a work that only you can do in this room, that you can draw us to the truth of yourself, that we can marvel at the news that a virgin was, gave birth in Bethlehem of a sinless baby to live a sinless life, to die a death for sinners for us in our place. God, I pray that you can let the gospel bring us incredible relief, incredible joy. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for the truth of Christmas. In your name, Jesus. Amen.